Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast on Sports Life. I'm Nani the Fan. I'm your host, Wimu, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors. Take care of business, uh, taking down the Washington Wizards by a score of 114 to 104. Um, look, when you found out that Washington wasn't going to have Bradley Beal, who was dressed on the sideline in what I can only describe as like a full body blanket, um, he came to the game in a Snuggie, basically. Um, when I was walking through the tunnel before the game, an hour before, and I saw Kyle Kuzma taking a long phone call just off to the side in his street clothes, I was like, all right, Raptors need to take this game. I mean, look, the Raptors need to take this game regardless. Um, Washington is sliding here. Um, but especially uh, if the Raptors want to make this push right now, if they want to stay in the playing race, if they want to get higher, right, because it's not just about being in the plane. It's about ideally being in seven or eight, so you have two chances at it rather than just one, you need to take this game here uh, against Washington, especially with their injured roster. And that's exactly what the Raptors did. Um, the Raptors got off to a great start. They jumped out ahead. OG Anobi was awesome in this game throughout. But especially in the first quarter, he had 18 uh, to start the game, really got the Raptors off to a great um, push. And also the Raptors just put themselves in a great position, 37 to 21 after the first quarter. And it was OG leading the charge with 18 in the first and you know, I thought that put the Raptors in a very comfortable position. Now, I was a little bit worried about how comfortable do you get because the Raptors weren't able to maintain or sustain or continue to push that lead. Like, this could have easily been a blowout. Like, Washington wasn't really bringing anybody of note um, into this game, especially off the bench. I mean, the starting group, at least they can get Porzingis to score. I thought they got a great game from Denny Advia. And Corey Kispert is definitely a threat to shoot, and he's pesky. Um, but... You know, there wasn't that much going on. DeLon Wright had a great game in the last game where the Raptors beat him uh, in overtime. That game, he had a whole bunch of threes and a whole bunch of steals. This one, not able to connect with the jump shot nearly as much, obviously, without Kyle Kuzma, without Bradley Beal directing most of the at- defensive attention. Uh, he's not going to get as many clean looks. But, uh, yeah, it was just one of those games where the Raptors um, came out strong, and I thought they played really together. I thought that... Uh, you know, the start of the game, they set the tone well. Um, even with, I thought, Pascal was struggling a little bit to get going. Uh, and he finished night sort of ineffe- inefficiently, 7 of 17, although he finished stronger towards the end. But the start of the game, he was off. Um, I thought that uh, Scotty coming off of injury, thankfully to have him back in the lineup, very important to have him in the group. I mean, clearly, you know, again, you're, if you're trying to make this push, you need healthy bodies. And so Scotty comes back to the group. So does Precious. Um, Gary remains out. And uh, we'll see what the news is there. Definitely could use his shooting and some of the other matchups. But, um, you know, Scotty comes back to this group. He wasn't really sharp, kind of to be ex- expected. Picked up two quick early fouls, just trying to contain the ball against Chris, uh, Corey Crispert and um, Chris Asperzingis. And obviously, a fully healthy or fully in rhythm Scotty can definitely stay in front of guys like that. I mean, no offense to, um, you know, Kispert and, and Porzingis, who are two of Washington's best players tonight. Um, those guys aren't just aren't quick enough to blow by, uh, you know, a fully ready Scotty Barnes. And so there was a little bit of rust on Scotty. But even despite all of that, I thought, you know, Yak was really there collecting every rebound, setting every screen, getting every loose ball. You know, he's obviously not looking to force his shot whatsoever. He's continues to play his role at a very high level. And tonight he has 12 and 12 for the starters. I thought Fred Ash did a great job of sort of initiating play, also scoring at the start of the game. Definitely forced a shot a lot more in the third quarter. Uh, which I'll get to, but I thought, you know, start of the game at least, um, Fred, 
Jakob, and definitely OG, who had 18 in the first quarter, really, really set the tone, allowed the Raptors to get into a, a lead. Now, at that point, it's sort of just like, okay, can you mix and match, you know, players in? And, you know, Washington would go on these, like, little, like, four, five, six, seven-point runs, but the Raptors would answer, and they'd come back. And, you know, there just wasn't enough of a sustained push from Washington. I mean, to be honest, they were pretty stretched in for scoring as it is. Nobody really on this team, the way that they played it, to create one-on-one advantages. The fact that Den- Denny Avia was able to cross over and drive by an OG, drive by a, uh, you know, a Pascal, you know, that's already pretty good. Like, th- that's not typically what he would do in the game, but obviously someone has to step up when other guys are out. And so they were at least getting a little bit of downhill pressure from him, and obviously DeLon's able to set the floor, and Kispert and Porzingis are good shooters. But there were just no like sustained efforts off the bench. I mean, you know, whether it was Anthony Gill or Kendrick Nunn, I thought he came in and just gave them very little, um, you know, Goodwin, even, even you know, Johnny Davis. Like these guys just weren't really giving them enough off the bench, especially maybe they can catch and shoot and finish a couple. And they did shoot well from three Washington. They hit 16 of 36 from three for 44%. But, you know, they couldn't really get downhill. And I thought the Raptors really did a great job of protecting the basket first and foremost. Um, you know, guys coming off the bench, Chris Boucher remains very, very steady. Um, obviously, his energy, his intensity can never be questioned. Um, giving a lot of great efforts out there, some putback dunks out there, protecting the basket as well, um, showing great energy, you know, as, as you would typically expect. Christian Colloquial came into the game and was disruptive on defense. Uh, he's credited for three steals and one block. Um, one of those were definitely a block. It was sort of at the top, though, so maybe it wasn't a shot. Maybe it was a jump pass. But ultimately, Christian came in, and the first two possessions, he was able to create stops, one with a block at the rim and another one where he sort of created that block slash steal, um, and then the Raptors were able to get out on the break. So I, I like seeing that continued effort from the Raptors. And you know what? Listen, I, I think you know Jeff Doughton continues to really come in and give you energy on the wing. You know, he, He's just there. He's pesky. He's quick feet. You could tell he's really dedicated to doing the right thing. And I thought this was going to be one of those nights where the Raptors just do the right thing the whole game and they cruise to an easy victory. But it wasn't really like that because the third quarter came around and all of a sudden the Raptors started forcing shots. And that's where I didn't like from this group. I didn't like the fact that the Raptors um, got out of their own rhythm and got in their own way. I mean, yes, you're going to miss some shots here or there. But in that third quarter, I thought the Raptors started just losing grip of what was... um, you know, giving them the lead in the first place. Like there, there were so many possessions in the third quarter where, okay, look, first off, they opened the th- third quarter very slowly. Um, Washington gets a couple of very easy baskets to drop. Chris Tapps is left open for three or Kistler is left open for three. And it's like, that's not great. But, you know, at least the Raptors were up like, I don't know, 14 coming out of halftime. And so, you know, they could uh, absorb a couple of those shots. And of course, Jakob was always there to sort of give them a couple of layups here or there and just be steady and some putbacks. And, and to mitigate the damage. But ultimately, the Raptors were starting to bleed in the third quarter. And I just thought that, you know, there were a couple of plays that didn't make any sense to me. And again, this is just all guys forcing their shots. Like, they, the Raptors had advantages when they moved the ball. They had advantages when they played through specific spots. You know, they could post up a lot of Washington wings. Or they could put Chris Tapps in a pick and roll. Or, you know, they could, they could do a lot of things. But when they go one-on-one and try to go to the basket, especially against Washington's starting group, which does have both uh, Gafford and Kristaps, two shot blockers in there, like you're probably not going to get great results. And if you're just going in for the foul call, I mean, to be honest, like this wasn't a game where there were that many whistles. This wasn't that game, you know, um, recently where they played any end and they lost, but they had 39 foul shots. Like, they're, you know, the two teams combined only had uh, 36. I feel like the referees were trying to get out of here. 
<laughs> so they weren't getting calls going to the basket. And so some of these plays were it was Pascal, you know, forcing his shot coming down the floor. You know, um, had Scotty, I think, on a swing, didn't ultimately swing to him, forced up a shot. Then, the, you know, the Raptors missed. The Wizards get the rebound. They push the break. You know, Pascal's uh, caught um, ball watching and, uh, you know, Washington gets behind for a dunk. Right. Nick, Nick Nurse t- calls timeout. I think that's when the lead hits single digits. Right. Then coming out of that break, it was Scotty gets the rebound, runs in or, or the, the Raptors run, run a play. They get Scotty in the dunker spot. You know, Scotty has a very open five foot jump hook. And he doesn't make it. Uh, and the, the Wizards go the other way. And Chris Tapps gets an open three and he knocks it down. You know, and um, there there were good moments offensively. Like, I thought when the Raptors made, I don't know, more than one or two passes, like, I think the Raptors could get some good shots. But there's another play where Scotty ran down the floor, forced up a shot at the rim, was kind of calling for a foul call. To be honest, it was just a very contested drive. Doesn't get the call. Doesn't get the shot to drop. Then Corey Kispert comes up uh, and, and, and gets a three in transition, right? Then Fred has his turn, drives in to two guys, tries to, you know, draw the contact, doesn't get it. Same thing as Pascal, same thing as Scotty. Drives in, forces up a layup, doesn't go anywhere. Then Denny gets the uh, rebound, pushes it ahead, um, draws the defender to him in transition. I think OG or or somebody like that jumped. And Denny threw a very beautiful over-the-head, you know, dump-off pass to Kristaps right behind him for a dunk. And and that was really able to... um, you know, continue Washington's momentum in the third quarter where they're starting to eat into the lead and it's starting to go from double digits to single digits. Then Fred comes back down, forces up a very, very contested shot. Meanwhile, the other way, um, the Wizards go, they they work the ball into the paint, they kick it out, and they have Bryant in the corner for three who knocks it down. It's a one-point game at that point. And fortunately, the Raptors were able to make a couple of plays. Like, even though the Raptors saw their lead cut down to one point, they never did fully break, but they did bend a lot. And I think for me, it's just like, what was the reason for that? Like, yeah, okay, you didn't start the, the third quarter playing defense, but what is the panic on offense? What is this decision-making where it's like guys start to really sort of take it one-on-one against a really good team or even against a basic team like Miami, you know, that they're going to see um, on Tuesday. Like, that's not a team that that's that great. Like, yes, they're playing much better basketball of late. Yes, Jimmy Butler's playing at a high level post-All-Star break. Yes, you know, they have, you know, they have Kyle Lowry coming off the bench. Like, that's that's pretty good. Right. And of course, Eric Spolstra's teams are always going to, you know, really be well organized and they're going to play hard. They're going to be creative and scrappy. Um, but like that's not even that good of a team. And you make these types of mistakes against that type of team. They're really going to burn you. So my thing is just like I don't I don't know why the Raptors got out of sync in the third quarter. A lot of it was just guys not really trusting in the play, trusting in the pass, forcing these tough shots. And of course, that's always how you give up runs. And, you know, ultimately, Washington can only cut it down to one. And the Raptors were able to recover. Fred pulled up for three. Again, a contested shot, really. If that missed, that would have been another note in my, in my notebook here that Raptors force up another shot. But Fred, you know, knocks down a pull-up three. Then he drives in. Next play, very beautiful because he knocked down the quick three on the previous possession. So when he came back down in transition, gave a little hezzy like he was going to shoot it again. The defender completely fight, uh, fights for it. You know, then Fred drives past. And... Um, the defenders literally left on the floor. It was a very, very nice hezzy. Goes to the basket. Uh, a lot of contact on that play. Probably even a goaltend on that play, but ultimately they called a foul. Fred was able to go to the line, make two. Then Fred was able to make a little short two uh, on a baseline out of bounds where he was going to pop free to the corner for three, but the Wizards snuffed that out, ran him off the three-point line, but Fred took a couple steps inside on the baseline and knocked it down. And, um, yeah, ultimately the Raptors were able to recover and still be 
uh, up three heading into the th- uh, fourth quarter. But at that point, like, it, it really did feel like there's no reason for this to be a one-possession game. Like, it felt like the Raptors were really, you know, had had had, had sort of, I don't know, just screwed it up for themselves. Like, there was nothing in that third quarter that Washington was doing besides, like, just being back at the rim and also making a good push to run in transition where the Raptors should give up the lead. It was just a lot of self-inflicted mistakes. Fortunately, the fourth quarter came around and the Raptors were able to just, you know, settle in a little bit. It, it really did help that Washington's bench was in against Toronto's bench. I mean, Washington's bench, we, we talked about Toronto's bench. I don't, like, there was very little contributions from these guys. Like, Gill, Nunn. Cooks, Goodwin, Davis, you know, like there was just nothing from these guys. And so, you know, the Raptors were able to really um, just play simple basketball and and sort of put them ahead. But I also liked some of the stuff that they did. Um, You know, again, it's very simple stuff, but it's like Scotty was in the post, you know, posting a smaller guy. The, the, The floor was spaced. The play was calm. The Wizards brought a double team. Scotty kicked it out. And even though the, the, the kickout pass was high, Jeff Downton was able to ca- jump, catch it, and then, you know, catch a shoot for three and knock it down. Like, very, very simple stuff, right? But they were able to make that play. Then it's like OG Anobi, he's fouled in transition, goes to the foul line, makes two. Then OG Anobi is in the mid-range. Him and Scotty are sort of, like, force-feeding each other back and forth. They're definitely looking for each other a lot. Scotty makes an extra pass to OG in the mid-range. Scotty, uh, OG is able to knock it down. Um, it was weird because Scotty had an open three, but uh, he decided to give it to OG in the mid range instead. Um, but I think that's good awareness. Again, like I don't think Scotty was hot at all with the outside shot. Even watching him warm up, him and Jeff, him and Will Barton warming up at the same time, felt bad for the Raptors assistant coaches. They were doing suicides, uh, running down the rebounds. But like, okay, you you don't take the three, but you give it to OG and OG knocks it down. That's feeding the hot hand. I'm cool with that, right? And then OG with another mid range jumper. Um, then Chris Boucher gets in for a putback after Scotty Barnes forced up a, a mid-range jumper. You know, like very, very simple plays. Very, very simple plays. Or like Jeff Down um, grips down the rebound, pushes the break. It's like a four-on-two. Uh, strangely enough, the Raptors have this weird habit of having like three guys at once all running the lane instead of spacing out to the corners. And so um, even though they had numbers, they didn't necessarily have advantages because, you know, everyone was running over each other at the basket. But uh, luckily, Jeff Down was able to pick out Scotty on the wing, who sort of uh, turned down the three once again, drove in hard for an and one. That pushed the lead back to double digits. Then OG got a mid-range jumper, courtesy of Scotty Barnes, another two-man you know, man game kind of thing. Uh, and then OG gets in the mid-range, gets fouled on a turnaround jumper by Kendrick Nunn, who, again, I just didn't think made any con- positive contributions tonight. Uh, and then OG with one of the plays of the night where... Uh, the, the Wizards got up a bad shot. The Raptors had a good defensive possession. OG uh, ran down the rebound, crossover to avoid the first defender, then gets, you know, um, pushes the ball up. DeLon Wright is trying to sneak in from behind. Obviously, we know how crafty he is. He's a very sneaky player. He's able to go in for a couple of steals. OG is able to avoid him in transition, uh, put him on his back, seal him, and then go all the way in. Then he goes around the shot blocker at the rim for an and one. Or for, for a layup. Uh, they didn't call the foul, but for, for, for the layup. And that was able to uh, force Washington into the timeout. The Raptors back comfortably in, uh, in the lead. And at that point, it didn't really matter too much. I thought the Raptors defensively in the fourth quarter were a lot more sharp. Yes, you did leave a couple of shooters open, but a lot of these guys on Washington's team, like you're just not really going to trust them to sort of create the shots when they need it, right? Like ultimately, Denny Avia was having a good game. He was he had a couple of plays where he was able to break down his man, but that's not a player that you'd 
can't ultimately lock down. Like, he's not that good, ultimately. Or Corey Kispert, you could, like, lose track of him for threes over the course of a game, but when you're really focused and need a stop, not that hard to deny the ball from going to him. And Chris Stapps, for, you know, you know, all of his abilities, you know, he's not necessarily imposing his will on the game. He rarely has the ball. When he does, he mostly is looking to shoot. And so the Raptors were able to swarm him when he got into the paint, you know, um, and, and swipe at the ball and force some turnovers that way. Or they were able to sort of limit him to, like, catch and shoot 30-footers. And listen, Chris Stapps is pretty good at those. And he shot four or seven from three. But ultimately, you're rarely going to lose a game in the fourth quarter when you already reestablished momentum, reestablished the lead with the guy catching and shooting from 30. So Raptors were able to ultimately close it out. And, um, yeah, you know, it, it was an easy win to the point where the Raptors were able to bring in the third unit once again. And, you know, I, I mean, <laughs> the funny thing was watching the third unit is when they come in, you know exactly what's going to happen, right? They're going to come in and they're going to force shots, right? Precious is going to look for a shot. Uh, Malachi is going to look for a shot. And, you know, ultimately there's not going to be that much passing. And, and you know, you even had strange sequences where the Raptors actually did move the ball around pretty nicely. There was a kick out to Ron Harper Jr. open for three. If you notice, he kind of shoots it off of his chest. It's a very low, like, pickup point and release point, um, which, you know, that was pretty obvious even watching him at Rutgers or watching him in the 905. But, you know, he, he had an open three. I was pretty optimistic that he wouldn't be able to knock it down considering he is a good shooter at the G League level. But he airballed the three. Christian Coloco luckily was right on the basket, collects the rebound, goes up for a hook shot. He's like right under the rim and not that many guys around him. Goes up for the hook shot, airballs the hook shot. Luckily, Precious is able to catch it, kick it back out to Malachi. Malachi resets, pulls up for three, misses that as well. And it's like, man, the third unit just can't come in and do this all the time. This reminded me so much of what happened when they uh, played Minnesota last weekend. But ultimately, it didn't matter, right? Because, you know, that's, that's ultimately the third unit. If you come in for two minutes and just hold the ball and, and just be steady, you're not going to really blow the game at all, right? And that was the most important thing. The Raptors were able to come out, play solid, be smart, and uh, just close out the results. So, you know, it, it, it wasn't uh, that eventful of a game, quite honestly, but uh, it was a game that the Raptors needed to take, especially on a night where Atlanta uh, ended up losing. Um, they lost to the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, by four points. Oh, the Memphis Grizzlies by four points. So, uh, the Raptors are actually now tied at 37 and 38 on the season with Atlanta. Unfortunately, Atlanta beat Toronto twice. Um, one of those on the very, very dubious play, as you, as I don't, no doubt everyone remembers that play, the, the layup at the end by Scotty, and then obviously the full court uh, alley oop pass from uh, from uh, Trey Young to AJ Griffin. That is literally the difference in not just uh, the playoff seating, but in in sort of the tiebreaker more importantly, and also in that one game, which right now, if the Raptors had won that game, the Raptors would be 38 and 37, or, uh, and instead Atlanta would be uh, 36 and 39. But regardless, like, it, that doesn't necessarily matter. I, I think the bigger thing is just like, you know, the Raptors are, are, are making that progress. And, and unfortunately, the Raptors have some very difficult games coming up. Um, you know, you have Philadelphia coming up, which is not going to be easy going to Philly. Obviously, uh, Joel Embiid is on a tear. James Harden has been out, but, you know, it's not like a long-term thing. So he's going to be available eventually. And obviously, you know, Philadelphia has been playing at a high level all season um, pretty much since October. Um, then you have Boston twice. And even though Boston's not playing great recently, um, you know, they're still going to definitely need those games for playoff seeding. So, and even if they only play their backups, the Raptors have even struggled against Boston's backups at times over the years. So those are going to be difficult games. And of course, then you finish the season against Milwaukee, most likely game 82. Milwaukee is going to have the first seed locked up. They might even have the first 
you know, home court throughout the playoffs locked up at that point. So maybe they just don't play. Maybe instead you get Thanasis Denakumbo for 48 minutes. Um, so the Raptors can take that. But ultimately, like, you need to take these games. And, of course, you need to have your best effort against uh, Miami coming in um, next Tuesday. And you're definitely going to need to take both games against Charlotte, uh, who, by the way, are not easy necessarily, right? Even though they have a ton of injuries, even though they're clearly tanking, not easy. Just ask the Dallas Mavericks, who uh, who somehow got beaten twice by uh, by the Charlotte Hornets. But ultimately, the Raptors, close, you know, finish – you know, this game, they take care of business. And, uh, you know, a couple positive things. Number one, obviously, Scotty being able to return to the lineup. Um, obviously, the outside shooting is still iffy. Um, but, uh, you know, I, th- I thought he came in and gave a good effort um, overall. Definitely runs a really great fast break. Definitely enjoy watching him, you know, pick out the passes on the break, which is really great to see. Um, he's still he, he's still looking for the mid-range turnaround jumpers, those sort of short, probably like 10-foot turnaround jumpers. And he's actually hitting a, a really strong percentage of those of late. So I, I'm enjoying seeing him finding the space and attacking those. It's something that's working for him. And there's obviously going to be lots of mismatches where he's going to be guarded against opposing guards. Um, he's going to have the height advantage, and, and that short jumper is going to be there for him. He's totally got the touch for it. Because even if he doesn't switch the jumper, you can see it oftentimes it will just bounce in. So that's good. OG's also taking a lot more of those as well. That's part of the increased usage for him. Obviously, without um, Gary Trent, and um, unfortunately, he missed a game again tonight. You know, uh, that really, you know, necessitates more of a perimeter scoring uh, role for OG. And I think he stepped into it here. Obviously, tonight, 29 points was awesome to see. He was great in the first quarter, great in the fourth quarter. Um, So you're seeing him pick up more of those touches as well. Um, Occasion, the Raptors, I mean, not even occasion. The Raptors are also featuring OG a decent amount. And listen, sometimes it's going to really bottom out. Right? Like I thought when they featured OG in the last game, against Detroit, it did look very, very awkward. Like, he was like 2 or 13. I think for OG, the, the, the things to cut out next are the amount of times he just gets, like, violently blocked going to the basket. I think sometimes he just takes too long going to the rim, and he definitely wants to gather, go up strong. But if you take too long, like, a second defender will pop up and contest your shot, especially if you're trying to go hard at the basket. That, I mean, just that's just basic defense. Like, guys are going to converge. So OG's got to pick his spots a little bit better. Um, on that, but I think there's good development on that front, and his offense, um, you know, putting aside that Pistons game has been very strong. Um, you know, you 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 look at it, and they're not Fred and Jakob aren't connecting on the pick and roll as much recently. It feels like maybe that got into the game plan for the opponent. There was a stretch there, and I and I put together a little uh, highlight compilation where the Raptors are getting like three uh, layups per game, where Fred was just feeding Jakob going to the hoop. And Fred's still feeding Jakob, just like Pascal's still feeding Jakob. But it feels like the opposing teams are kind of taking away that play. And they're forcing other guys to sort of try to take advantage. And Fred has been able to, you know, hit a decent amount of his catch-and-shoot threes. You know, uh, hit a decent amount of pull-up threes off those high screens. Get into the mid-range. He's able to knock some of those down. Fred's also, like, you know, taking some objectively difficult shots as he had, you know, throughout his whole career. But he was able to make a, a, a fair number of them today. Um, even though I thought he got out of control in that third quarter, just like Scotty, just like Pascal did at times, which is, by the way, not good when your three main uh, primary creators are all taking contested shots. But Fred ultimately finished with a pretty efficient 28 points, uh, four rebounds, seven assists, three steals on a block in 36 minutes. Um, another one of these games where, where Fred, especially matched up against um, a, a non-shooter like the lawn, was really if, uh, allowed to uh, roam off ball and swipe for the ball and, and, and double team elsewhere and create havoc. I think that probably is the best way to use Fred. Of course, you can't always do that when you have, you know, better shooters. I mean, like, obviously, DeLon is, like, one of the poorer shooting guards in the league. 
uh, especially a guy who would play 34 minutes. Obviously, he's not really a, a good shooter to, to really punish that. But, uh, yeah, you know, the, that is a way for Fred to really be disruptive on defense and be a plus on defense. Um, and, and, you know, ultimately, it's just about, again, just especially against opponents like this against Washington, like you just got to take care of business, right? Protect the rim, go to the basket, you assert your strengths. The Raptors obviously have an advantage on offensive rebounding. They were really able to crash the glass. 18 offensive rebounds is, is a great number. Jakob was six. Um, Chris Boucher leading the effort off the bench with three. You know, those guys were able to really, um, you know, use their advantages in, in the lane. You know, as long as the Raptors make the extra pass, I think the Raptors can generally get enough threes. Fred and OG are in a good groove right now. Obviously, they can have one or two nights off shooting, but generally speaking, they're they're back to, you know, their usual form. And so, you know, they had nine of Toronto's uh, 11 made threes, so that's nice to see. And, uh, yeah, you just need something off the bench. Like, again, like, I'm not expecting great performances, but Christian coming in and blocking two shots right away, I like it. Jeff Dowden coming in, turning down uh, the shots, making the extra pass, I like it. You know, like, there's, there's going to be positives from those guys. And so... Um, you, you just got to be solid enough. Uh, and I think the Raptors bench was solid enough. So they're going to have another post-game event here. Uh, so I'm going to hand out the three stars from tonight's game. Your first star is going to go to OJ Anobi, 29 points, eight rebounds, uh, an 11 to 21 shooting with four threes, uh, three blocks and a steal. Great in the first quarter, great in the fourth quarter. Awesome throughout. Uh, your second star is going to go probably to, to Jakob. I like this game, 12 points, 12 rebounds, and assists a steal. I like that he's not forcing a shot. I like that he's contesting everything, playing his role grabbing the rebounds, just being very secure with everything. And then your third stop, I'm going to give it to Fred VanVleet. 28 points, four rebounds, seven assists, three steals, a block. 10 of 21 shooting is very good for him. Five of nine from three. And, uh, yeah, pretty good. And then on the other side, your Gerald Henderson award winner. I've said it a couple times, but Denny Avia. Denny Avia had a great game. 15 points, nine rebounds, seven assists, a steal. And, uh, yeah, that, that does it for the game. Thanks, everyone, for listening. They have another post-game event here tonight. It is a Japanese Heritage Night, which uh, I think they anticipated Yuta Watanabe and uh, Rui Hachimura to be available for this matchup. They they don't have that, uh, but you know they have they have Christian Coloco, so I'm interested to see what Christian says. So thanks everyone for listening and rate, review, subscribe, and uh, we'll catch you after the next game.